Welcome back everybody to the latest episode of Newscast, the news-centric part of our podcast, The Film Aspect. We are your hosts, Aaron and Brian. Say hello, Brian. Hello, Brian. So today we're going to be talking about the Oscars that only went and bloody happened. And for the first time in years, I actually didn't watch it. Uh, did you watch it, Brian? I did watch it live. I always watch it live. But I think I was in the vast minority of people <laughs> uh, for, you, for watching you it. And your, you and your... You and your nine million buds. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> or just in the one, the one watch party. Uh, it wasn't because I wasn't into it. I, I, I didn't watch it or anything. It was just because the night of the Oscars, I was working till eleven thirty at night, and then started at seven forty-five the next day. So it was absolute bants that night. And I was having a good old time. Uh, but <sighs> yeah. I don't, I, like what did you think it was shocking it was a horrible horrible ceremony um, it was terribly paced the, the, the way the where they had it and, and the way they because like they didn't have any I'm, I'm just kind of regurgitating every, whatever they had the same feeling from what I can see through the response to it they didn't have any clips for the, the nominees which kind of took away from it oh, there was really? only you know yeah like a couple of hundred people there but it was it was inside like a train station um and it was just it felt clunky and it didn't feel it didn't feel like the spectacle it usually is and i think that is down to the the films i honestly think that's down to the films that were nominated because a big kind of criticism of this year was there's films here that nobody's seen Mm-hmm. All these films are getting these awards, but but nobody's going to watch them. I think best No Badland won Best Picture, and I saw something the other day that said it's it is yet to break three million dollars at the box I office. Th- I think it's just landed on Disney Plus, like maybe two days, two three days ago. I yeah, think no, nobody's watching it because it was on Hulu. Disney own Hulu, um, so in, in America, yeah, but that's something. Ah, uh, yeah, we don't get that at all yeah. here. Um, so. Like, yeah, I mean, the, I, I, the same can be said for the father, which we which we said before, isn't even still June or something like that comes yeah. out, which is a bit ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely does. Like, even even as someone that hasn't watched it this year, right? I usually do watch it, and even the years that I've missed it because of work, I'll usually get up the next day, and you're kind of bombarded by lots of clips and all this kind of stuff. But I just felt like I really there was nothing going on with it. Like I didn't really see that much on Twitter. Uh, like watching. The, the news it never really came up in anything like that on on the internet like obviously if you go looking for it but yeah these things usually come to you when when a ceremony like this arrives and you know the thing though I saw a couple of pictures uh it was like Glenn Close and like Daniel Kaluuya and the thing that immediately struck me and I think this is possibly part of the I, I think this is part of the reason to do with why it maybe struggled a bit this year is I think there's a bit of like covid confusion with this because i look at those pictures and i see them hanging out and i'm like oh well wait what's happening how is it cool over there like how are they are they allowed to just mix like that which is the situation with like lockdowns or whatever said, i think um hmm? no every, every day was tested on the week and every day who attended the ceremony got vaccinated and <laughs> that's a deal was, there, right there um <laughs> they were it was it was something to do with on, on commercial breaks and when the cameras weren't rolling they had to wear masks but they were treating it like a film shoot so when like cameras were rolling they could take masks off all right so i don't know i don't know how i don't know the logistics of it but everybody got apparently everybody got vaccinated but 
It was just it didn't have any of the no, no bad reason to attend then, huh? Didn't have any of the sort of grandeur that it usually has. Yeah, well I I don't know. I feel like it would been would have been hard to this year, um in comparison, like if those are the kind of limitations and everything that isn't like flown as much, because I think part of the reason I like, because we were talking before, like about, I, I like a wee red carpet, you know, but I think part of the problem with this kind of thing is if it is like you were saying, basically treated like a film shoot. I like to see like you're like Brad Pitt whispering to fucking George Clooney in the background. You're like, what, what are they talking about? Oh, look at him! Look at him! He's he's laughing. He's having a joke. That oh, that Brad. He's an everyday man. Him like that's the kind of stuff that I think people, quite a few people like to see. Like celebrities strutting their stuff, but also like kind of feel that you're getting a glimpse into a party that you would never be invited to. Um, yeah. And if that isn't what they're really being able to sell this year, I, I can see that being part of the the um, reason for it, for it kind of struggling. But I think you're also right about the, to a degree, with the films. I don't think, I think there is a possibility that by the sounds of things with some of these films that these would have been included regardless of what kind of year we're having concerning uh, COVID. But I also do feel like there's been less of a deal made about it. But obviously that is a, that is a, that's just like a COVID thing as well because like we were saying uh, when we worked in the cinema nobody went to see The Revenant Revenant gets nominated for an Oscar everybody's going to see The Revenant and I think these are the kind of things that we're missing this year when it comes to you know Nomadland maybe it only it's no broke uh, three million dollars but like if when Nomadland would have get booked you know that would have been shown at our local cinema even though it's not the kind of film that they would usually go for and I think that is kind of like part of the build-up of the Oscars and without the build-up, even if maybe the films... Yeah, I think to a degree they are maybe slightly lesser so than what... I'm not... I was, wasn't was particularly excited for any of them, although... Oh, was, did you say Judas and the Black Messiah wasn't nominated for Best Picture? Wasn't nominated for Best Director it wasn't nominated for. Uh, but it was Best been, Picture. It was... Uh, with this, yeah, it was nominated for Best yeah, Picture. That would probably be the only one of all the movies out here, maybe that and Sound of Metal, that I saw the trailer for and thought, I want to watch that, although yeah. I've still not watched Judas and the Black Messiah. But, um, yeah, so I think piling the two of them up, yeah, maybe the movies didn't excite, but with COVID, they didn't get the opportunity to rile up the kind of hype of it all. Because I think a lot of people, when it comes to, with it just being streaming now, for a lot of sites, the excitement of going to see a movie has kind of went away because it's kind of like, oh, I'll just wait till it's on streaming. It's not like, when's that out? I'm going to see it at the one and only place I can go and see it at, which is the cinema. Because it's come to our home, we're so relaxed about it in a way, like where we just don't really care like it will come to it when it comes to it. Because like I was saying, all of these movies, some of these movies have, have been available, like Judas the Black Messiah, but it just came out on, on streaming and I just, I just didn't watch it whereas like had the cinemas been open I would have went to see that at the cinema as soon as it came out um, so I think it is uh, a bit of an issue something I found a bit of an issue one of the things that I heard about was uh, poor old Anthony Hopkins right he's he's getting a bit of the a bit of flack not I don't know if like personally but one of the things that I found out this is the bit that annoyed me is he asked to accept his awards via Zoom and they said no this yeah. is an 83-year-old man who is in a place, he's in Wales currently, where, like, the pandemic isn't exactly under control here, you know? And 
how why would you not and and the kind of times around they were like no you need to go to one of our hubs in these areas and i think it was like he would have to go outside of his country i think it was maybe maybe was, belfast yeah, or something yeah it was like london that. and belfast mm. or dublin belfast or dublin i can't remember which one yeah but it's like how can you how do you think that's a reasonable thing to ask of someone no especially at his age absolutely um, not I've, I uh, found that quite I, shocking. Uh, they hinged so much on Chadwick Boseman winning that Best Actor. I, I was, I was outraged as as a as a lifelong film fan when they switched Best Picture to no longer being the last award of the night. That's what we're there for. Everybody's there for Best Picture, so they did Best Picture, then Best Actress, then Best Actor. So, so I heard part of the so um. My cousin actually was telling me about this, uh, that quite a lot of people, part of the reason that they've been annoyed about it, like coming up as Anthony Hopkins rather than Chadwick Boseman, is because the way that they'd switched about, it was almost like, watch to the end because it's going to be a big thing for Chadwick Boseman. Or like, that's yeah. at least kind of what you were expecting it to be. That's why it's a special circumstance of it being flipped. But then it was like, nah, almost like a, a, a duping you to watch it to the end. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think that was a possibility? No, I think I think they just the producers thought Chadwick Boseman had it like he was a shoe in to win, and then one of the things they were saying on the Sky newscast, a lot of people who are like Academy voters were saying, "Oh, Chadwick Boseman's definitely going to win it, so I'm going to vote for Anthony Hopkins," and that that's that's probably just what happened with the majority of voters because um, I watched The Father, uh, you know, through those VPN skills and. <laughs> He got uh, and uh, he's he's fantastic, and I'm I'm absolutely not. I was on the Chadwick Boseman hype train ever since I watched Marini's Black Bomb. I thought it was a tremendous film, but Anthony Hopkins 100 percent deserved deserved the nod as well. Mm-hmm. Tremendous he was, tremendous. <laughs> I, well, I'm looking. I'm looking for. I actually saw a, a video of like so he releases his little uh, acceptance speech the next day, pretty much like honouring Chadwick Boseman and saying how he really wasn't expecting the awards. But someone had captioned it and spelled Wales like Wales, like the sea yeah. creature. <laughs> um, but yeah, as as many people may know of uh, your thoughts on this pri- in prior episodes what did you think of uh, Chloe Zhao taking the win for best director and best film in Nomadland I didn't agree with it whatsoever I mm-hmm. thought they were both bang average films at best I thought Shaka King should have won best director for Judas and the Black Messiah I th- also mm-hmm. thought that should have won best picture with The Sound of Metal being a close second for best picture um, did you did you watch did you watch Sound of Metal I watched Sound of Metal yeah oh you liked um, it then yeah. Oh wait, no, you watched it like ah, yeah, we spoke yeah. about it last oh, well, week. I, I, the more the more I, th- I thought back on it, the more I liked it. It kind of grew on me, mm. and I just I don't think, I don't think, Nomadland was even, you know, because I watched I've I seen, for the first year in a, a long time, I watched all of the Best Picture nominees, mm. and out of Nomadland, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari. Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and the Trial of the Chicago Seven. I think No Bad Land was like the third worst. I would, would I would rate what Mank. The other ones? Uh-huh. Mank was probably the, the the one of least quality, and then Promising Young. Nah, probably Promising Young Woman, but yeah, no nah, second second worst. Second, second worst. worst. Yeah, Judas and the Black Messiah, then Sound of Metal, then The Father, um, uh-huh. then probably Minari. 
for uh. for what best picture is. I I don't think it should have got anywhere near it. I think they get too hyped up in their identity politics and and people were more interested in seeing a first um female director of color winning a winning Oscars than they were about praising the movies and that's I know controversial mm-hmm. opinion but that's genuinely <laughs> how it feels um mm-hmm. and uh, because I think they were far better constructed films than Nomadland just in the best picture I, even um Marini's Black Bottom which wasn't nominated nominated for best picture is a far superior film in every mm-hmm. way so <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm sorry Braz well that is at the top of my list now that I'm I'm coming up to a cleared schedule. I realise it was maybe a bad idea to to place a a Scorsese, a Scorsese episode the week before the Oscars because I probably could <laughs> could have spent the day watching some of these instead of fucking <laughs> raging yeah. bull. But um, yeah, uh, Nomadland is going to be my number one. I will watch it this week. I will watch it before the next episode. So I'll talk about it then and the, when we're watching. And if I don't. Uh, watch it by then you can send me you can send me abuse somewhere I don't know but you've heard it here that I, I, I'm going to try and watch it I'll, I'm just going to keep talking to the point where I'm like maybe I watch it actually you know I actually I'll not have the time to watch it just like all the way yeah. down um, but yeah let's uh, I'm just going to have a quick rundown of the winners uh, so we can get you on the Oscars page so we're going at the same the same thing. Oh, uh, right. Okay, the Oscars page. I'll go from uh, the bottom. So the first, the is promising young woman won best original screenplay, written by Emerald Fennell. So she's helped write. Um, oh, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called. And she was Camilla Parker Bowles in the Crown. Um, how that's going to be the new Indiana Jones? I can't remember what's the name of her sitcom. Uh, Fleabag Fleabag I think she helped write Fleabag but she beat out Judas and the Black Messiah Sound of Mel and Trial of Chicago 7 for original screenplay and that is I'm sorry but it's just not the case it was was not uh, Promising Young Woman was cliched characters with a stale story and and, and unrealistic circumstances but it was just the the subject matter that I think got all the win because you know she was so brave to talk about it and that's we got the Oscar. The, the, <laughs> I'm just gonna have mis- to. I'm just gonna have to smile and wave during this because yeah. you'll be taking out opinions. And I'm like, yep. I I'm telling you, every, <laughs> every other film in that category had better written characters. It had better arcs. It was just better written movies for the original screenplay. Yeah, for the original. I screenplay. don't think, even though I did kind of like it. And also going off the fact that I haven't seen three of the other movies, I think I would have been bored to tears if the trial of Chicago 7 won something like this. I think that just seems like your stereotypical pick for something like this. And and nah, it's it's a courtroom drama. And I'm like, so happy Borat did not win adapted screenplay. Oh, Christ, can you imagine? The the father won that. that (laughs) Apparently, Borat was one of the front runners. Bookies had That's it as one insane. of the favourites There's literally period <laughs> jokes in this. Like what? And you're saying that's Oscar winning material. I just I just again we've spoke about it as like one of our worst films of twenty twenty. I don't yeah. understand it. I just I just it's one of those things. Humor is very, very subjective, I will give you that. But like that is a kind of humor where I'm like can, no can you imagine I imagine sitting in a cinema watching this and being like, 
why is everyone laughing? Like, I'd be the only guy, the wee crabbit guy right in the middle. I nearly said the C word there, and I would, <laughs> but then I was like, I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> that, <laughs> so, see, had, had that been the case, we would be sitting with another kind of uh, Suicide Squad piece of trivia and Borat's yeah. subsequent movie film would have won more Oscars than the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm not about to be a lover in that world. That that uh, when Borat three wins, that's the day that we end this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tenet took um, best visual effects, which I was, which it was always going to do. I thought. Uh, let's see what we have. Uh, Midnight Sky, the one and only Ivan, Mulan, and Love and Monsters. Yeah, I'd probably say Tenet. Tenet had some like, although I didn't like the story, I didn't understand the story particularly well. I think it was quite cool some of the bits like how he done it you know like yeah. with the reverse and stuff i think it was impressive enough where you were kind of like you would go through that movie looking in the background like seeing how well they do all of these things together that's kind of cool but um I, I yeah okay i can i can imagine that though because i don't think I, like i said love and monsters was good like visual effects were good but i don't think they were like oscar winning visual effects um yeah. so next up we have sound the winner was sound of metal which deserved uh, yeah, I'd say I'd <laughs> again. I'm like I'd say so. As I saw, oh no, I saw Man Can Soul, so I've seen most of the, of these ones. But yeah, Sound of Metal. It kind of goes by the nature of it. it. Had a big focus on sound, therefore, I think like that yeah. was a part of your experience with this movie. So it really makes sense as to why it would win. Uh, short film. We had they two different strangers. Short film. They gives a fuck about the short film. Animated documentary production design. Name the cares. Oh, production design. I like production design. Mike won. won it. <laughs> I thought. I, I thought it was between that and Marini's Marini's Black Bottom. Oh, but well. Mike was more kind of grand. Uh, so randomly uh, we've got thrown in here as be- best picture coming up next aye, I don't best know why picture halfway through the fucking ceremony now apparently um, <laughs> Nomadland the second worst film out of all of the nominees took home best picture yeah well yeah. there we go <laughs> I um, probably enjoyed Mank more than I enjoyed Nomadland oh I, wow I, I, aye. I feel aye. like you're just you're just riling yourself up here for it to go um, all the way down um Music, we had Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah. That was bullshit. Uh, Speak Now, Leslie Odom Jr. should have won that. Damn, I'm for? saying that. Speak Now, One Night in, one Miami. Night in Miami. I do like about her, who done the music for, for Judas and the Black Messiah. Saw her live ones. Song was shite. <laughs> uh, music went to Soul. I know. Again, uh, a, a movie that has a focus on music, it kind of makes sense, I think. Uh, I don't remember real, in particular music from... Uh, uh, the Five Bloods, Mank, and then I've not seen the other two. Would you say mm. happy with Minari that? Didn't or have very like... memorable music. I haven't seen so. Um, oh, so. all right. Uh, none, makeup in here. I'm gonna. Oh. I'm I'm forcing myself oh. to get passionate about this because none of these films really blew me away. Judas and the Black Messiah is the only one that would stand up. I think against films from and previous it. years. Well, Everything else is just here because there was nothing released. <laughs> Even Marry in his black bottom. Mate, it's not for best director. Oh right, picture. sorry, sorry, sorry. Ah right, yeah, yeah, sorry, I get you. I get you. Which is um bullshit. Makeup in here still and you had Marry in his black bottom. There we go. Deserved it. Deservedly so. Uh this international feature film we had another round with Mads Mickelson 
controversially after the fact was rumoured or I think it was maybe announced that they're actually looking to make an American remake with Leonardo DiCaprio eyed for the main role and I think that's a pretty fucking terrible idea Yeah. because despite the fact I've not seen this movie right I think when you when you make a remake I think it has to be with the purpose of um, you know bring it like Doing something new with what came before, right? And I think a lot of remakes you could say are like, oh, it's just pointless and it's kind of like money grabs or whatever. But, um, you know, say like something like The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo had its original version and then Fincher done the the remake. Uh, I think that's a different uh, enough version. As in like, really with that, you, it, Fincher's kind of the selling point with this. And... For a movie that was that is obviously well received to the point that it's winning the best uh, international feature film, but like, can't people just watch this version? It's not going to be updated visually, you know. It's it's like a no. new movie. It's Mads Mikkelsen is famous in America, you know. Like people <laughs> recognize him. It's not like just this wee guy. What what is it like? It's a Danish movie, isn't it? So it's like. Yeah. It's not just like, ah, oh, just some wee Danish actor. It's fucking Mads Mikkelsen. Like, do, can people can people not just read subtitles for two hours? Is that just not a possibility? It just, that is what it is. It, it just, it wound, it wound me up, to be honest, because I was kind of like, I, I've been, I want to see this movie, and I don't think, like, for one, remaking a movie that came out, what, two years before, by the time this comes out. Yeah. Cool. Whatever. You know, but like, and again, it isn't like it's an Oscar, it's going to win, it's going to take in millions and millions and millions. It's not like for that reason kind of remake. So then it's literally just for the fact that people can't watch a foreign film. Yeah. And it, I don't know. I it's just like It just seemed that, pointless. The, that like the, the shallowness of Hollywood kind of. Yeah, it's the news that's breaking and I almost threw my computer on the floor when they <laughs> worded it this way. They're making a TV show in the Parasite universe. <laughs> what? Uh, what? I don't know. It's set in the Parasite universe with real fucking life. <laughs> oh, not everything needs to be. I'm sick of seeing the word universe. <laughs> Get out of my face, mate. That's um, that's a similar thing. I think maybe there was a time. I I bet if you went back to like when, because I remember the Parasite remake was. Uh, was a, a thing and then we even done a recasting couch but now i'm like see after this it's maybe kind of realized like why the fuck just i like i love parasite i know you didn't like it as much so I, I i love parasite and i'm just like i don't know i don't know it just winds me up um yeah so next up we had film editing sound of metal again i did not know this very good i quite liked yeah, it i did in this movie so um you know for whatever reason when i think of film editing i think of uh, Hacksaw Ridge I don't know why like it's always just the category because it won didn't it the year it came out for editing I've got no idea I think I th- it might I'm, have I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it did and it just it's... always comes into my head in the shot from above where like somebody holding the Tommy the, the gun it's and it's just like tremendous bla- shot aye, that just keeps coming into my head because I, I think that was one of the clips that they played uh, right so apparently uh, Brian doesn't want to do a documentary so to, get past uh, have you seen if you've seen one of these documentaries we'll talk about them uh, come back to me next week <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, 
directing Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, beating out Thomas Vinterberg for another round, David Fincher for Mank, Mar, uh, Mank Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, and Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. If you don't think it should have went to her, who do you think it should have went to? I think it should have went to Shaka King for Trial of the... Um, for the right, okay. Judas <laughs> the Black Messiah. I, 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 or, um, I don't even know who directed Marinese Black Bottom, but either of those two. Not, mm-hmm. None of these films were particularly groundbreaking or, you know, I, I, I can't speak for another round because I haven't seen that yet, but for the rest of them, Minari was, you know, straight down the middle. Promising Young Woman was good, but not something that was like you know otherworldly not something that was tremendous that, yeah. I know it was, it, no, I didn't think Nomadland was either I thought Nomadland was pretty boring and, and quite stale to be honest with you um, <laughs> and so it was it was genuinely the best of a bad bunch I'm, I'm, I'm I really really think um, Judas and the Black Messiah was the best all-round film of the last year. Uh, next up, we had costume design, which went to my Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah, happy with that. Aye. Uh Cinematography, Mank. I was surprised with that, but I can, I can get it. it. I yeah. can get it. Like it's, it was. Yeah, okay. Nomadland um, was the favorite because Nomadland won the BAFTA, and Nomadland. Is not great cinematography. I can't wait to watch this movie and come back and just there's a like we're saying I'm kind of 50 and 50 on whether I'll like it or not, but like in terms of if you were to throw this movie at me and Brian and say who would like it and who doesn't, I would probably like because I I like what the the kind of movies that this looks to be from what I've seen. So very pretentious cinematography, (laughs) right up my street, then. so we had uh, for the story it's like oh that's a pretty sunset let's hang on that for 45 seconds I love me a sunset there you go um we had uh, the biggest um robbery of the Oscars this year Sean the Sheep movie Farmageddon can't believe it didn't win I'm absolutely (laughs) gutted guys I know um but it went to Seoul it's kind of like at this point like do we even need to include this point like does this award need to be a thing does it need to exist when pixar releases movies every year that pixar yeah. releases a movie they pretty much just give it to them and i'm not saying it's a, like i like i actually really liked onwards more so than yeah. so but whatever i can yeah i get i get why it would be like that uh actress we had i wrote it down yo jung yun uh for minari and yeah, that was going up against Maria me. Bakalova, Glenn Close, Olivia Coleman, and Amanda Seyfried. Uh, what do you think? Probably. Yeah. I thought it was going to be... I, I honestly thought before the ceremony Amanda Seyfried might have stole this one. Because even though they didn't Why? like the film, I thought she was pretty good in Mank. I thought she, she was okay, pretty good in Mank. but like... She doesn't really in it that much. I don't remember anything in particular that That's was like... That's why he's a supporting actor, mate. Nah, nah, I get that. <laughs> I get that. But like, nah, there was just like, you have to make some but, kind of impact. Like, see if you say, nah. you know, what's his name? Oh, 30 Seconds to Mars guy. Why am Jared I forgetting Leto. his name? Jared Leto. See, like, if you say, like, he wins for supporting actor for Dallas Buyers Club. I was like, that's a character, like, I remembered in the movie. And I'm like, you had an impact in the story. Amanda Seyfried's character in Mank? Yeah. I can't remember what she done. 
to be honest. <laughs> I, I, just so well. I wish, I think there is uh, an alternate universe to trigger you a wee bit uh, where Maria Bakalova won in her Oscar clip was just that hard. <laughs> Dancing in front of all the like government officials and flinging her legs up in the air. That would have yeah. been the best Oscar clip of all time. And, I, you know, to be honest, I would have been there for that. But, um, yeah, then we had actress in a leading role, went to Frances McDormand, another one for Nomadland, um, beating yeah. out Viola Davis, Andrew Day, Vanessa Kirby, and Carrie Mulligan. Who would it's you ridiculous. have put it to? I would have put Viola Davis or Carrie Mulligan. I had Carrie Mulligan picked to win that because she, while the film wasn't tremendous, I thought she was outstanding in Promising Young oh, Nice. And Viola Davis was tremendous in Marini's Black Bottom as well. Nice. Francis okay. McDormand just played herself in Nomadland. Personally, she, you know how she is. <laughs> she, well, she played the Francis McDormand that's been in every single film starring Francis McDormand. So, there you go. Um, actor in the supporting role went to Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, uh, nobody else. See if somebody else won that. I was going to hit the roof. Because that is... <laughs> He should have won for supporting actor and lead actor. That's how good he is in Judas and the Black Messiah. I cannot believe. I mean, there was no... There was, they shouldn't even have bothered putting anybody else in that category. <laughs> That's how close it wasn't. I think Daniel Kaluuya is such a powerful presence whenever he's on the screen. I think he's going to be, 10 years' time, he's going to be like one of the greats. Yeah. I genuinely believe because like, all of the roles that I've seen him in so far have just been like, I want to... Like, he just has such good screen energy. Uh, actor in a leading role went to Anthony Hopkins, uh, beating out Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, Gary Oldman, and Stephen Ewan. Um, I don't know why Gary Oldman was up here. Don't really lie to you. They nah. never even figured him for a Brit Award. A Brit Award, a BAFTA. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know why that's there. Stephen Yeun shouldn't be there either. I would have um, loved to have, like, like I've said, part of the reason that I was so interested in Minari is just that one day they can be like, you know, advertising he's, he's risen from the dead in The Walking Dead and it's like Oscar winner Stephen yeah. Yeun. Uh, they, should, they should do what they do with Best Pitch and see if there's only, this was a three-man race between Anthony Hopkins, Riz Ahmed and Chadwick Boseman and mm-hmm. see if there's only three performances that are like to that level of acting in a leading role then just have three nominees. I, I genuinely <laughs> think that's but they, they shouldn't have to um have your your two token nominees to make it five. If it's not good enough, it's not good enough. I feel like though there'd be too hard uh, it'd be too hard to like do the decider for that because like, you know, they've got hundreds of people voting for this in the Academy. So it's like how how do you define what makes it what's the bar? that has to be met like scoring wise to get it into something like that because you have to base it it will be based on like numbers yeah when it comes to like who wins and who doesn't but um yeah that was um that was the kind of rundown of all of the oscars yeah we also had a quick twitter vote which i had to split into two so out of the two categories we had uh uh, i asked all the lads over on twitter at the film aspect who was going to win the oscars so one of the categories we had promising young wooden women judas and the black messiah mank and the father and out of all of those out of those four 63.6 percent voted promising young women and then over for the other category we had sound of metal minari nomadland and chicago trellis chicago seven with 50 percent going for nomadland so all those guys were right well done 
you, <laughs> you just aye respect from from us lot i suppose that's yeah <laughs> thank for your contribution uh all around though you're, you're not really satisfied with this do you think it's i'm not really satisfied satisfied with any of the films but with 90 percent of the films that were nominated i think mm. they did regina king dirty as well because i watched one night in miami and she was fantastic like she directed that it was her directorial debut and one night mm. in miami is a really good movie and mm. she did a f- really good job as a director so i think she should have been nominated for a for an oscar for um director as well mm. because the because uh, it starts the main kind of bulk of it at the start is, is uh, boxing matches with muhammad ali and those are some very good like choreographed and shot and edited boxing scenes mm-hmm. um and yeah, um, I think I think she was she was snubbed a bit in the direction in the directing category. So <laughs> heard it here first, folks. Heard it here first. But I'm fucking done. This is the last year I'm going to watch us because I'm sick. Of it. I'm sick oh! of Hollywood. I'm uh, I'm I'm not interested in them pumping out their shit anymore. I'm <laughs> I'm turning off it. I mean, I'm I'm going to be a wee um, film not in the English language and nerd now. Not interested in Hollywood unless you've got monsters fighting each other. Goodbye. He'll peek his head out for that kind of stuff, but Aye. but otherwise, uh, well, luckily next week we do have some maybe no monsters, but things fighting each other. Because on Friday we're going to be talking about Mortal Kombat, which I have watched at this point and Brian has not. On a scale of one to ten, are you excited for this movie? Are you kind of very, very <laughs> sounded exactly? <laughs> Aye, that sounded like a ten right there. I'll just watch the old one. I'll just watch the nineteen ninety four one. Never and seen then, it, mate. That's worse you can, than no that was, one that, was that was way way before my time, you know, way back in the day. You know, I don't like movies that were you know <laughs> pre two thousand. That's yeah. me. Hate those you, kind of films, gads. Talk um, about a film that knows what it is. Mortal Kombat, the the OG Mortal Kombat knows exactly what it is. <laughs> it is tremendous for it. Um. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. As always. We are available over on Twitter at the Film Aspect where we post polls, updates, and links to new episodes. This night it seemed like a slightly unenthused one because Brian, well, I didn't see a lot of the, the, the movies. And also, I'm like midway through, not midway through, about two thirds through a 12 day working streak, which is getting me super pumped to, you know, watch movies. But I'm actually like curious to, to see some of these eventually, although it is very disappointing for me that I wasn't able to watch them prior to. Uh, the Oscars this year because I actually like to be a part of like the whole like oh what's it gonna be I kind of hate Alex Zane was Alex Zane on again this year yeah I, I kind of hate Alex Zane but like obviously he's like the UK guy when it comes to this stuff he's always on he's kept that same hairstyle for decades mate <laughs> he's never gonna get rid of that bird's nest um no. <laughs> but yeah we will be back on Friday where we're gonna be talking about Mortal Kombat which obviously as we're saying there Brian is hyped he, he done a really enthused 10 out of 10. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Do um, you like my... <laughs> I'm more excited than that you said Mortal Kombat like that. I, mean, I wasn't I like, am. I feel like that was like a 50, but I should have really went for it. I, I never oh, yeah. I never fully went for it. I kind of lost, you know, just didn't hit the mark. But um, yeah, that's going to be on Friday. We don't actually know what we're doing for the recasting couch next uh, Tuesday. Oh, as I of yet. about that. Uh, good at this, aren't we? Uh, but we'll... <laughs> We'll figure that out and I'll be back on the following Tuesday. But yeah, and then last week, what did we do? Oh yeah, make sure it's worth my time 
all them movies I watched. We just done Scorsese in the eighties, which is the highly anticipated sequel to Scorsese in the seventies, which we done nine months ago or something like that. So we finally got into the last the eighties there where we were talking about Raging Bull, King of Comedy, After Hours, The Color of Money, and The Last Temptation of Christ. And you know Brian loved them all. He gave them all ten out of ten. So you I really did. need to check that episode out. But I. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week.